Fast and Furious, just like my favorite movie franchise, right, Jordan? Yeah, I was thinking about maybe talking some shit about them, about the Cowboys, but uh, I'll leave it for tomorrow, maybe. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, I think they'll win tonight, though, but... Mm. Not quite at the level of Varsity Blues, Gerard Hurd, or Will Muschamp, but Cowboys slander, I'm, a, I'm like, a, I'm a self-hating Cowboys fan, so I, it's it's fine. It's fine. I oh, I'll, in... I'll hate watch the shit out of the Cowboys. <laughs> like, well, um, I mean, I really got nothing against the Cowboys. It's just their fans. Like, uh, I know way too much about the team than I should. Um, just because Nick obviously works for them. Uh, yes. Nick Harris works for them. And we're pretty close friends. So our, our good friend, um, Nick Harris. But yeah, fr- friend of the show, Nick Harris. We'll have him on one day. Um, yes. But. Yeah, I couldn't care less for the Cowboys, and I was so happy that they just cannot figure out a way to beat Kyle Shanahan. Because I'm a, I'm a big-time 49ers fan, for those of you who don't know. Big, big-time fan. Um, I was showing my ass that night on Twitter. They were donkeying the uh, the Cowboys this fall. But no I, I'll, I'll save it when we run into each other in the playoffs, and we'll, we'll talk more then. Yeah, that, that'd be lifetime Longhorn Kyle Shanahan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and get into it, Jordan. Where do you want to start? You want to start portal stuff, or you want to start a Big Twelve championship game? Is there anything brewing portal wise? Because um, your phone's blowing up. This thing's getting ready to open. So, so let before Jordan does that, just let me set the stage to remind everybody kind of how the portal works. If you're a graduate transfer, you can pretty much enter the portal at any time. There's no real restriction on when you can enter the portal. If you're just if you're in Gen Pop entering the portal. Once Monday gets, you notify compliance that, hey, I want to go into the portal. They've got 48 hours to put your name in there. So Monday, we can start seeing some names pop. But really, Wednesday should be the first day that kind of late Tuesday into early Wednesday should be the day, the time where we start seeing the names actually physically pop in the portal. Uh, And as is the case with the big time guys, it's not going to take some of the bigger names in the portal long to find homes because in a lot of cases, most of those guys have an idea where they're going. So Jordan, that out of the way, I'll leave it to you. But so where do you want to start portal wise this morning? Um, Yeah. The big news this morning actually broke like 20 minutes ago. Is that uh, I'm not going to try to say his last name, but DJU from Morgan state uh, entered the portal, former five-star, I believe was actually number. Yeah, I wasn't. You got it. <laughs> um, but I believe we had him as a number two player when he was coming out. I'm about to pull this up. Um, Bryce Young was one. DJ Ua Youngle was two. Yeah, they they say that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, they say that he was. Damn, we had him number two, and the composite was ten. Hey, everybody has their whiffs. Another thing I want to bring up. Because most of the time, 24-7 doesn't whiff here. Um, but I want to make it very clear, and I, I kind of did in the story I posted last night about, like, the recruits um, on Oklahoma State's roster. But anyone in high school who saw Ollie Gordon loved him, except for the 24-7 scouting team because they were lower on him than anyone else. They didn't <laughs> view him as a draftable prospect, which blows my mind. They ended up finding out it's because he didn't have any track data, which is very important to uh, Gabe Brooks, obviously. Um, but I mean, COVID took away track his sophomore year and then he was already committed to Oklahoma state by his junior year. So he probably didn't feel like he needed to run it, but, um, I mean, he's a monster, uh, in the 2021 Westlake team with, uh, like Klubnik as a senior, 
Um, Connor Robertson as a senior, Jane Greathouse and Kubeka as juniors, whoop woo all that, Vosick as juniors, Park as a senior. No one played that team closer that whole season because I went to like nine of their games that year. No one played that team closer that whole season than Ollie Gordon and Euless Trinity did. And Euless Trinity yeah. didn't have a single kid who even sniffed a D1 offer besides Ollie on that team. Right. And they the had three plays, yeah. run right to Ollie, left and up the middle because he played Wildcat QB every yeah. single play and they threw it only probably twice a game. The other thing oh, yeah. about Trinity, the other thing about Trinity Jordan, and I, this goes back to when you know Steve Lyon Weaver was the coach there. I don't, I don't remember any of their big time football guys running tracks. Ever. Maybe you might have had one or two, like maybe Tevin Williams back in the day that went to Nebraska might have been a track guy, but none of their football guys ever really ran track. So that's that's one of those schools where it's kind of an anomaly where if you're looking for track times for Trinity kids, you're you're probably not going to find them. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't blame them, and I mean. Track is very, very important for us in terms of, like, projecting uh, the kids because, I mean, so many people still don't know or understand that our rankings are. Um, it's NFL draft projection and not uh, not just ranking who the best players are. <laughs> By the way, I, I retweeted it, so I don't know if some people saw it. But uh, Bud Clark is hilarious, man. He uh, So Deion Sanders is the sports person of the year. And by who? Did y'all see by, by Sports Illustrated? Sports person. It's just, the caption is Coach Prime is here. And he's just getting started. Deion Sanders is Sports Illustrated's 2023 Sports Person of the Year. Um, and Bud said, when the AI doesn't know Google and YouTube, quit boosting the Colorado content before Halloween. Um, because for those who don't know, Sports Illustrated uh, in the past week has been exposed for using AI and having them pose as actual writers. Um, oh, no way. I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. It's actually not getting a ton of traction. I'm sure it's Sports Illustrated doing everything they can. But um, yeah, but people, so they couldn't figure out the names. They, they figured out the writers were fake. Um because you can pay like five dollars to get like a like a professional headshot that would be like a LinkedIn profile picture or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can pay five bucks to get an AI generated one, and that's what they were doing. And they had AI generated AI generated people. And apparently, I don't know a ton about AI. I'm not gonna lie, but off what I read, I think you can like reverse search an, an image an AI generated image and see where it was generated from or if it was AI. Um, and that's what people did. And then they started putting the puzzle pieces together. Um, and once they did, Sports Illustrated deleted all these people's articles and stuff as well. <laughs> um, Man. But they're under a lot of heat. But I mean, at the same time, who in the hell is reading Sports Illustrated or really magazines? I, I don't read a single magazine uh, at all besides the Dave Campbell's one. Um, and that that's obviously a lot different than yeah. I feel like other like, magazines nowadays. But like with Sports yeah. Illustrated, like, we like there's a magazine going to my dad's house once like a week and he, we haven't paid for it in years. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on at Sports Illustrated, but I thought that was hilarious. I want to talk about it with the portal, though. I know you did talk about that. Hey, real um, quick, though, Gabriel, by the way, by the way um, it'd be uh, Bud Elliott, who's with us at 24 7 Sports, not the TCU safety, Bud Clark. So just wanted to clarify that anybody looking for oh, for Bud's comments. Bad. So. That happens. That's happened. It's all right. Maybe you ha you haven't had your caffeine yet, Jordan. It's all good. But anyway, go ahead, Someone's, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, someone said Dylan Gabriel's gonna be the first college football player with an AARP membership. Um, 
But uh, I, I, the Dylan Gabriel stuff is very interesting because, um, honestly, like, based off how Jackson Arnold played, I don't think it's moronic to think that he's going to pass up Dylan Gabriel in terms of talent-wise next year. So um, I don't know if Dylan Gabriel is able to transfer, but uh, I don't even know what his grade is for the draft. Um, but, I mean, that that's a, that's a big decision for Venables to make if Dylan Gabriel announces he's coming back because that's not going to be fun, and I know it won't be fun for their reporting team to cover ever. Uh, is, uh, is, is Dylan Gabriel, have you heard anything? Is Dylan Gabriel uh, going to Ole Miss with Jeff Levy an option or Mississippi State with Jeff Levy an option? I, I haven't. But at the same time, I have never asked about Dylan Gabriel with any sources. Um, it, it, but but yeah, I, I doubt that. Right. I had... I had uh, I had miss I had old Miss on the brain because I saw a lot of people falling for that Arch Manning picture. Oh man, look, Arch Manning's visiting with Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy's trying yeah. to poach Arch Manning. I'm like, I realize he's wearing an old Miss shirt, and that was like back yeah. when Arch was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, that was taken. So, um, at any rate, uh, so Dylan Gabriel's in the portal. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no I, he's not. He's uh, not, not that I portal. know of, unless that okay. broke. I just saw people talking about it in the, okay. in the comments. That's why I brought it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want us to report that someone's. Dylan Gabriel not on the portal. Dylan Gabriel not on the portal. Not heading yeah. to the portal. But, um, <laughs> um, but what I did want to ask you about DJ Jordan, U is. Yeah, DJ U and Galay's in the portal. Uh, Antoine Wells from uh, South Carolina, wide receiver, plans on entering the portal. Uh, you know, Texas is going to be in the market for wide receivers. We talked about Relique Brown earlier this week from SC. That whenever his name appears in the portal that it's probably going to be a situation where, you know, there's going to be, we'll see if there, how much mutual interest there is, but at least from what we've heard on Relique Brown side, that there's a lot of interest in Texas at this point. So, you know, if we're, if we're talking portal priorities, Jordan, I know Hank South's written about this. We had, uh, we've had some stuff about it in the insider. Uh, I know you've talked about it on the site. We've talked about it here. Portal priorities. Where are you ranking the portal priorities for Texas because I'm still probably going safety wide receiver, probably those two top two. And then I think you're always looking for linemen. You know, we've talked about linebacker, probably a position where they go get a guy in the portal, but is, is it still safety wide receiver for you? Probably at the top of the list for what Texas needs to not only what they need to get, but probably where, you know, our sources are telling us probably the focus is going to be for them in the portal. Yeah, I think safety is pretty important. Um, but I also think, you know, it, it, if it's a guy that makes sense at any position, they'll take him out of the portal. Um, but with safety and the ongoing recruitment of Xavier Filsamy, um, I think yeah. last I checked in with sources, Texas is still trending pretty positively there. Um, still don't feel quite good yet enough to put in a crystal ball for him to flip to Texas, but um, you know, things are trending that way. And he's a number two safety in America. That has a big impact on on the portal, and it will. Um, and I've seen X play twice this year. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, that, he's a type of guy who can come in and make a day one impact. I don't know about starter because you almost never, ever, ever want freshman defensive back starting unless, like, their name is Caleb Downs. Um, <laughs> I saw... Caleb Downs at the All-American game, and I can say as good as Xavier Phillips to me is, it's kind of night and day between those two. Caleb Downs is just – like it's very – we only yeah. get about three or four kids each cycle 
you can look at in high school and go first round and like you're a thousand percent right. Um, yeah. and Caleb Downs is one of them. But Phil Smith will have an effect on the on the safeties. I think receiver will be very, very, very important. Um, Nair and Kane haven't heard anything telling me that they're leaving, but you know it's something I'm watching out for. I wouldn't be surprised. Casey Kane has not like played at all. I know the argument is obviously he'll play next year. Um, and same with with Nair. Um, you know those two guys they just haven't played. And Jonte, I think. They're obviously going to get guys out of the portal, but John Taylor will be the wide receiver one. Um. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sorry, reading a comment. But Jonte will be the wide receiver one. DeAndre Moore, they like where he's at too. Um, Niblet, kind of interested with him. I think it's just mostly because it's hard for him to get on the field with all the guys in front of him. Also, yeah. I always felt like Niblet was going to be a longer-term uh, projection type of guy. Where sure. he he just had some freaky athleticism testing in times, but I mean he played on one of the worst football teams I've ever seen. Um, Nimitz. <laughs> Wait, no, he wasn't at Nimitz. Where he was at Eisen, Eisenhower. He was Ike. Eisen, yeah, yeah, he was at Ike. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he was always going to take a while. I I had hoped that they're going to get him involved on special teams next year, um, just because he's so fast. But you know they're gonna they're gonna get at least one receiver, um, and I know that they would like a big body type possession receiver because they just they don't have that on the roster with Ad Mitchell leaving, and you know Ad Mitchell he did kind of satisfy that need, but he isn't a true like go up and get a jump ball receiver. And I yeah. can tell you the last right. time Tex, Texas has had one of those, Colin Johnson, Colin, even like Colin Johnson. It, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, whenever I think of jump ball receiver, I just think of, like, Josh Doxson, someone like that, right? Um, so you're thinking down down the field contested catches. Yeah, like, throw that throw that bitch up. They, they're they going to catch it, come down with it. Colin that Johnson, was... I think, had some of that, but I also feel like he was, like, kind of Nair, where he's just a taller, longer strider type guy. Well, that was the intriguing thing about Nair, right, is is you look yeah. at his, his last year at Wyoming – and some of his uh, pro football focus numbers. And you know, when you look at like the, you look at the deep numbers, like averaged up the target, he was top 10 in the country uh, yards per route run. He was one of the top guys in the country and he's one of the top guys in the country and contested catch rate. So you're like, okay, this is a guy that can get vertical and make contested catches down the field. Um, obviously we I haven't got seen that. by Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we no, you're you're seen, right. We haven't seen that, though. But to your point, like it's, you know, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, Jordan. I forgot. I think we're talking. I think you mentioned Freddie DuBose. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. guys coming off the ACL injury, maybe it's maybe you expect too much, you know, being the year removed from the injury. Like, I, I think just because we see, you know, guys who are freak athletes be able to come back from that and play well okay if so and so well if adrian peterson did it well yeah well how many people his 
God produced that looked like Adrian Peterson and functioned like Adrian Peterson. Not a whole lot. The list is very short. So maybe it's just, hey, you know, when you get to spring ball or when you get to winter conditioning and now he's, what is he at that point, 17, 16, 17 months removed from the injury? Then, yeah, at that point, maybe you start to see him become more of himself. And by the time you get to the end of spring ball, now when you're getting closer to that two-year mark, now maybe you see the guy that you you recruited at Wyoming, the guy that we saw two springs ago, light it up at the spring game. Maybe that's the guy that Texas starts to see this spring. So I think I just think that's that's the thing that to me compounds it with Nayer is you want to play him, but A, you've got some really good receivers in front of him, and B, you know, you he's got to be able to trust that knee, and you've got to be able to trust him before you just roll him out there, especially without limited backup receiver snaps are. Yeah, CB Duvernay, yeah. Devin Duvernay did catch everything in 2019, but I think CB might have mentioned the guy, you know, even Lil Jordan Humphrey was a guy that he wasn't going to yeah. stretch the field vertically, though. You know, he could he could make and the thing I liked about LJ Humphrey, he could make he, he was probably the best of that group. Colin Johnson could win 50-50 balls in man coverage. Lil Jordan Humphrey could make contested catches in traffic. And I, I just like the fact that uh, and this is why I I typically like kind of thicker bodied receivers for that role because you know guys that have played especially a guy like him that played running back in high school kind of understands how to manipulate his body when he's going to face contact. Guys like yeah. that can make contested catches in traffic. So LJ, I got to really think about who the last guy Texas had that could really get down the field and make contested catches. I'd have to really think about that. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Um, by the way, just read Baylor will have their hire for the offensive coordinator by the end of the day. Or they're supposed to. It's supposed to be announced. Um, and that'll be replacing Jeff Grimes. I haven't thought about this till now, but uh, Jeff Grimes' son is committed to Baylor in the 2024 recruiting class. Yikes. So, um, and he actually has a son – that was already on the team. I don't know what year he was, but um, the the one that's committed, Graydon Grimes, he's at China Spring, of course. Uh, they moved there after he got hired from BYU to, to Baylor. Um, but the, kind of a cool setup they had. A lot of schools will have this for the – if they have parents who were administrators or coaches. Is He doesn't count towards a scholarship count because he goes to Baylor for free already because his dad. Obviously, situations are different, but – to be honest with you, I never viewed um, the son as a power five tight end prospect or defensive end prospect, uh, mm-hmm. but they took him anyways. And whenever they offered him, I knew they were going to take him. So I, I crystal balled him as soon as I got the notification that he tagged me on the tweet. <laughs> and he committed like six months later. Um, but that was the easiest crystal ball ever. And now I'm kind of pissed that I'm probably going to have to track wherever they go to because, I, I mean, I doubt he ends up at Baylor. I'm assuming they'd honor it because it's Baylor and person over player, all that BS. But um, I don't I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Is it power four now? Yeah, it is. But I'll, I'll probably say power five for the next five years until it finally breaks in. Yeah, man, I, I've still heard coaches refer to the BCS. So you're you're totally fine. Um, yeah, if you look at his offers, I'm just looking at Graydon Grimes' offers. Uh, other than Baylor, Abilene Christian, Houston Christian, Louisiana, North Texas, Sam Houston, Texas State, and UTSA. Actually, yeah, he did have a UTSA offer. So, uh, yeah, like you said, maybe more of a, maybe more of a, a G five guy. But 
I can see David Randall honor that scholarship. Um, yeah. One and, one player I did want to talk about uh, before we get away from any portal talk, uh, Antoine Wells or Juice Wells from South Carolina. A lot of people remember him. He had a, like a breakout year uh, this past season in 2022. At South Carolina, before he was there, he was at uh, James Madison for two years. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year, he got hurt. He only played in a few games. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he hurt. But he's going in the portal. And uh, per sources, he's very interested in Texas. Um, in fact, they're one of his preferred destinations, if not the preferred destination. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works for Texas because – Man, there are a lot of players that want to come to Texas that are mm -hmm. going to the portal because um, they look at the the success they're having, the culture, the going to the SEC. You get to live in Austin, and you can get paid through NIL. Um, and so, so Texas kind of like, gets to pick who they want because a lot of kids want to go to Texas. It looks Jordan Juice Wells was a low back injury he sustained in camp. And if it's a low back injury, not that those things are going to be debilitating long term, but that's the kind of thing that if you if you rush it back and you tweak it again, now you start the whole recovery process over. So it looks like that thing just kind of lingered on him a little bit. Looking at his numbers, uh, if you just look at his first two years, well, it, you know, like you said, 2022 in South Carolina, I don't care who you are, man. In the SEC, you go 68 catches, almost a thousand yards, six touchdowns. You're a freaking pretty productive guy. So, yeah, that's that's where uh, things are right now with Juice Wells. So, uh, hey, real quick, uh, and then we'll move on to talk Big 12 Championship. Uh, we'll, we got plenty of time to talk Portal. As a matter of fact, our, our Monday show, it'll be, well, we, we might be talking about Texas winning a Big 12 Championship on Monday too. But, you know, next week we'll be heavy Portal. When you get ready to put in a crystal ball, I, I have not put in a, a crystal ball projection in years. Uh, seriously, it's been years since I put in a crystal ball. I Do you remember you, one of them? Because I want to pull up your list of crystal balls. I, I, I think I could be wrong. I think Anthony Cook might have been the last prospect Anthony I had a crystal ball for. I know I, I know I won. I won the Malik Jefferson crystal ball. I know that. Um, you're going to have to, I remember that, that one was crazy, but you're going to have to tell me exactly how that went down. Um, Lee Jefferson, we ain't what, holy time. shit. Anthony cook had 12 crystal balls. So this is one thing I like about how nowadays, like no one is just going to hop on and put in the pick anymore. Like that, that's such BS. Like I'll never, like I, for example, um, there are writers from schools that didn't even offer Anthony cook that are crystal balling him here. Yeah. I'm just I'm very pleased that it doesn't go on anymore. Also, the crystal ball 10 out of 10 lock stuff is like, okay, man, like we're kind of spoiling the announcement. Yeah. But again, that also doesn't go on um much either. But uh yeah, Jeff Howe, you're on here. You're 30 of 34 in the 2018 class and 188 of 260 all time. That's good for 72.31 percent. All right. And your last crystal ball was Michael uh Mislinski, Mislinski, uh, committed to Iowa. That might have been a tech. I mean, he might have been a Texas offer. I don't remember. Second to last one was Ryan Langier, who's committed to Baylor. Third last, Jaden Alexis. I forgot he even existed. Uh, then JD Coffee, then Ish Ibrahim. Uh, damn. 
Damn, then Ty Jordan, rest in peace. Uh, Xavier Alford, the landlord. Quentin Johnson, you missed that one, but I know it was See, my, he flipped. No, my thing was, here's, here's where I got myself in trouble in the crystal ball. I would get the initial one right, and then when the flip would happen, I'd forget. I'd either forget or just said F it and didn't want to put the flip pick in because it was obvious at that point. And, you know, there was, to me, there was no sense of piling on. So, yeah. Hey, you got some fun ones on here. You got, you got Bijan, you got your Quinn and Jackson. Hey, you missed on Ryan Watts. You crystal balled him to Oklahoma when he went to Ohio State. Because um, I think, he, I, I, I want to say that was a flip. I want to say he committed to OU and then flipped to Ohio State. It might have been. I was I was focused on other stuff then. I wasn't really tuned in a ton, especially to Ryan Watts. Uh, yeah, you got I, Alfred I, I, Collins, mm-hmm. Vernon Broughton, Jalen Garth. Where's he at? I, I'm calling it right now. I bet it's Lamar. He's at Houston. Jalen Garth is at U of H. That's right. I actually wrote about that. This damn. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, you did the you did the uh, the week of that game. You did the t- yeah. ten highest rated recruits on the U of H roster, and he was on there. Yeah, the Brew McCoy one. It's it's yeah. not saying it's wrong, but there's no check mark next to it. That's pretty right. funny. Uh, I think we all just got mulligans on that one. Yeah, Jake <laughs> Majors, um, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Waddle. Okay, okay. Where is this? Uh, Ojomo, Christian Jones, Joshua Moore. Did he ever play? Whenever he transferred away from Texas, or did he no. just? Uh, he had transferred His to ass SMU. Was crazy. He had announced he was going to SMU, and then, uh, probably, I want to say it was like maybe the summer, uh, or maybe it was in that spring where it just kind of got announced that he's not going to play it. I think Rhett Lashley just announced. So I don't even know if it was announced, but it got reported that he wasn't going to play for SMU, and then I don't know where Joshua Moore is at this point in time. Damn. Um, Joseph Osai. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, there are some names on here that I forgot existed, like Daniel Carson, Mikey Grandy. Uh, the MMA uh, fighter. Is that what he's doing now? That's what he did, and then he ended up, he had to medically retire because of concussion symptoms. Oh, wow. Um, Anthony Cook, Rondell Moore. Mikey <laughs> Grandy was taken, Mikey Grandy was taken at a time Jordan, when Texas was just so desperate for linemen that basically if you were, if you had any Oh, you can breathe and you're over 300 pounds? Here's an offer. We'll take you. Yeah, okay, sorry. We'll we'll stop talking about your balls in a sec. I'm looking at your first one you ever put in. Um, It is Tony Brown. And you got it wrong. You put it in for LSU. He committed to Bama. Then next was Otaro Alaka. Mm -hmm. You put it in for Texas. He got A&M, yeah. yeah. You got your third one right is Dylan Bates to Tennessee. Fourth one right, Jared Johnson to AM. Son your of the fifth great one Bill is Bates. wrong. Courtney Garnett, one? you put in for Texas. He committed to OU. That was a that was a that was a uh, I don't remember if that was a flip or if that was a late. That, I don't think that was a flip as much as it was a late. Yeah, we're just not gonna not gonna do this. And he ended up at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh Dorian Leonard, you put in for OU. He obviously picked Texas. You got Coda Martin Wright to AM. You got John Bonnie Wright. Zach Bones. Whitley. I don't even know who the hell that is. Um, Zach, Zach Whiteley was uh, a Juco. You got Armani Foreman, right? Or Monty, my bad. 
Um, Katie Cannon, you got Speedy Noel wrong. Holy shit, I forgot about Speedy Noel. Hell yeah, we're hashtag, we're hashtag wow. Team Foreman on this. Yeah, what who'd I have for Speedy Noel? LSU? Yeah, LSU. I'm pretty sure um, AM dropped the bag. Yeah, Miles Garrett's right stuff. after him, though. Dude, but Miles my, Garrett was the first recruit that ever told me. <clears throat> so he was really interested in Texas. Um, as a matter of fact, I think Texas might have been his first offer because nobody really knew who he was. And he showed up at a camp and it was like, oh my God, who is this guy? And yeah. at the time, it was just that, you know, his his brother, I guess his half brother was Sean Williams, who played in the was a basketball player at Boston College, first round draft pick in the NBA to play in the NBA. And, you know, we're trying to find out about this guy. And then obviously he blew up and I, he was pretty interested in Texas. And then when Matt, when that Mac Brown staff got fired, he pretty much eliminated Texas. Miles Garrett was the first recruit that ever told me when I was like, so, you know, what, what was it about Texas that, you know, just kind of was a turnoff for you? And he said, man, I just watch all these really talented guys go there and they don't get better. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, can't, can't, you couldn't argue with that at that point. So yeah, Miles Garrett was the first recruit that ever told me that. So shout out to Miles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hey, Mac has always been able to recruit his ass off. In fact, um, I don't know how 1000% true this is. I mean, I could probably ask him um, because I know him kind of well, but uh, I was told that Klubnik, the school that finished second for Klubnik, wasn't Texas. It wasn't actually A&M. It was actually North Carolina. Um, And I do know, like, there was a very certain part of the spring that he committed in. That would have been spring of his junior year. So Mm -hmm. spring of 2021, yeah. Um, I was told he was very stressed and he had no idea where the hell he was going to go because he didn't feel like a true connection with any of the coaches. And if you know Kate, you know he's very uh, Christ-centered. So I think once he just got with Dabo in person, it was over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Mac Brown did finish second for Cade Klumnik, per sources. But, you know, if you think about it, uh, it was just kind of a case of timing with, with Cade and, uh, and Texas. And, and really Texas A&M because Texas had Malik Murphy and then they ended up getting Quinn in that same cycle and then uh, out of the portal. And then A&M had, A&M had Connor Wagman. So everybody kind of kind of got their guy. You know, that's, that's those are the ones that are fun to look you know, three, four years down the road and see, hey, which of you guys were right? Now, I remember there was a time not too long ago, Jordan, where TCU had Sean Robinson committed. Baylor had Kellen Mond committed, and Texas had Sam Ellinger committed. And it's like, okay, which one of these guys is going to pan out? Kellen Mond ended up never playing a snap for Baylor. Uh, Sean Robinson ended up transferring to Missouri and then changing positions. And then Sam ended up, you know, having a, a, the end. The second half of his career was really good, and he ended up being drafted at, at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is always really interesting to go back and just look through our rankings and. Also, right now, like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of try to look at our rankings for, like, the current class and think, like, okay, who would be the bust here? Or, like, who's going to be the guy that we have way too low here? Stuff like that. Yeah, I do that. I do that with the uh, – I mean, everybody does that with the NFL draft, but it's fun to do that with, with recruiting classes. Like, it's it's amazing. I, I wrote about this several years ago. It's amazing the track record Texas has had through all, all the st- – really through uh, – Charlie staff and Tom staff. I, it's it's kind of too early to tell with Sark staff, but the amazing track record those two coaches had of the lowest rated signee in their classes being like ended up being ended up being like a really good player, 
like that first class that Charlie signed, they took Elijah Rodriguez late. He ended up being he wasn't an NFL player, but for the lowest rated recruit in your class, he ended up being a really good college player, pretty productive player. Jalen Ford was know, that guy that was the lowest rated recruit in the class. I know the lowest one is uh, Michael Kern, but I don't know who's after. Oh, it's Melvin. Yeah, Melvin I don't even. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta take uh, you gotta take punters and kickers out of the equation. Even though, as I've said, I am a proud voter of the Lou Groza Award and the Ray Guy Award, but you gotta take those guys out. Like, yeah, I went and looked. at 2014 was the one that I looked at. Um, Elijah Rodriguez, like the bottom of your class, the bottom four guys: Elijah Rodriguez, Jason Hall, Alex Anderson. Eh, he was a, a role player, and then Deontay Foreman. So, like, that 2014 class actually ended up being really good. But you can go through most of these Texas classes and find, like, the lowest rate of recruit. Like, Brecken Hager, I think, was that guy in twenty the 20th. Yeah, it was Brecken Hager. What, I don't really count Tristan Nicholson because he was a JUCO guy. But, yeah, Brecken Hager was that guy uh, in 2016. I thought there was somebody notable maybe in that 16 class. Oh, yeah, Zach Shackelford was that guy in 2016. So, yeah, te- Texas has had a habit of – Zach Shackelford you know, was Belton or is he San Antonio area? Belton, yeah. Commit, he was committed to K-State. Mm. And talk about a talk about a flip there. As I, as I remember, well, Texas, Texas liked him, but as I remember, I think the scuttlebutt was as long as Joe Wickline was the offensive line coach of Texas, there was no way Zach Shackelford was going to Texas. It's kind of the deal on that, um, man. You want to know the uh, the lowest rated recruit in the twenty eight? Uh, and this is again, we're not going by the composite rankings. We're going by our twenty four seven sports in house rankings for this. The lowest rated recruit in the twenty eighteen signing class, not counting the two specialists, Cameron Rising. He turned out got to be a bag from Utah. A bag. He's making more money than Brock Purdy is next year. Pump, they making more than pump fake Purdy. The Jared Wiley was Brock, one of those guys Brock was Purdy is making training. over one million dollars now. It's one point something, so it's in the one million range. Yeah. But still, like I feel like that's okay to say. But like that's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, what is like? What have is, you told him coming out of high school? Like, hey, you know, your dreams are going high in the draft. Not happening. But like your thousandth year in college, you can make like over a million dollars. You might take it. What I love is doing stuff like this with the 2018 class. So Cameron Rising signed with Texas as part of that 2018 class. Also part of that 2018 class was Caden Stearns, who when Cameron Rising takes his snap takes his snaps at Utah next year, Caden Stearns will be in his fourth season in the NFL. Uh, do you want to guess who the lowest rated recruit was in the 23 class? Ooh, not Arch Manning. Um, that's actually probably, I want like Trey Wisner. Could no. be it's funny you said not Arch Manning. Um, because it's Will, Will Randall. Randall. Will Randall, yeah. yeah. The other Isidore Newman kid. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, see, uh, they're 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 gonna they're looking for tight ends in the portals. All I'll say. Um, yeah. See, you, some of you young bucks in the chat, you want to talk about like, oh, JT Barrett and some of these guys that were like old college football players. 
Y'all forget the days when like the baseball prospect would come back after many years and play college football, like Chris Winky won a Heisman Trophy. Well, not even Quan. Quan was Quan was still young by baseball player standard. Like Chris Winky won in a Heisman at like 25. Like Mark Ferris, quarterback in AM when he was in his mid-20s. There's been some uh, Brandon, Brandon, when Brandon Whedon was like in his mid, early to mid-20s when he was quarterback in Oklahoma State. But yeah, Quan Cosby, by the way, you talk about great high school football players. Quan Cosby was a bad man at Mark back in the day. Yeah, the uh so in the in the 2022 class, the lowest rated guys, Lance St. Louis and then Will Stone, but we don't count them because they're specialists. Mm-mm. You want to guess who the lowest rated non-specialist is? In 2022? Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it somebody that's still in the program right now? Mm-hmm. Still in the program, 2022. Because uh, I was going to say Chris Ross. Oh, Did man. we ever figure out what happened with him? I never. I just. Here's my deal with that stuff, Jordan. Right, right or wrong. When yeah. a guy leave, when a guy leaves, I don't really mm-hmm. care why they left. They're just yeah, gone. And sure. You move on and figure out what's next on the depth chart. Um, I have no idea who it would be. Savion. Savion Red. Okay. Yeah. Then Xavion Bryce. Then Travell Johnson, who I believe is actually back in the portal again. He transferred to ULM, but ULM just fired their coach. So I, yeah, Terry Bowden got fired. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure he already entered. I'm not 100 sure though. Uh, Connor Robertson, then Cam Williams, then Ethan Burke, Derek Brown, Cole Hudson, Zach Swanson, Aaron Bryant. You know, well, you figure. I'm, I do want to talk some Big Twelve Championship in the last like 10 minutes, but before we do that. Um, you figure at some point, like tech, especially this is where I think the you know eliminating the initial counter uh, number can I don't want to say hurt you but can complicate things. At some point, you know, with the way Sark and these guys are recruiting, you're gonna have this glut of like second, third year guys that once you get through like spring practice or anything, and, and maybe we start to see some of it next week when the portal opens. But you're going to have this glut of young guys that are like, you know what? My path to playing time is blocked here. It's not anything wrong with Texas, but man, if I want to play college football, I got to go somewhere else to do it. You, that's the kind of the gift and the curse of recruiting really deep, really talented classes. Is you're going to have some guys that you know might be starting caliber players for you. They just can't get on the field because of somebody in front of them. And you're going to, in other words, Jordan, the, the you're going to have a decent sized wave of attrition that happens at some point. Just because guys see the need, like, hey, like I said, if, I, if I'm going to play, I'm going to have to do it somewhere else. Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know if we see it next week. I don't know if we see it post-spring. But at some point, that's got to happen, especially, I'll tell you what, maybe, and I didn't realize the number was this big. I knew I know every year the number of early enrollees is big. But Hank South laid out in the uh, in the Insider this week. There's actually three guys, Jarrett Gibson, Daniel Cruz, and Christian Clark. The plan is for those guys to because early enrollees can be a part of bowl practices. The plan is for those three guys to be a part of bowl practices. Now, obviously, plans can change and things can get altered, but that's what it is. But you start looking at these early enrollees, man. Jordan, this is a double-digit list of enrollees that now, okay, you've already, like I said, you've already got a really good, young, talented roster. Now you're just going to add 10-plus guys to that mix this spring. And it's not like some of these guys are just throwaway players. I mean, 
Ryan Wingo, Colin Simmons, Brendan Baker, Wardell Mack, uh, speaking of tight ends, Jordan Washington is one of those guys. We talk about safety. Jordan Johnson Rubel is one of those guys. DeAndre Robinson on the defensive line. He said, it's not like you're just bringing in dudes just to take up spots. You're bringing in guys that, man, like this guy might have a chance to be a rotational player. This guy might have a chance to get some snaps and a backup role. Some of these guys could be core special teams guys, especially especially some of your core special teams guys end up moving on. Yeah. You know, um, it it is a good class because not only do they have the guys who can come in and be like day one impact type dudes, they have guys that are going to need till their third or fourth year to be playable, but they have the traits that could have them drafted after just starting for one year. Um, I, we we talked about this I think this week on the show, but you know how many schools can like uh, this situation right? Brian Hartline at receiver when he's recruiting his receivers, <laughs> he can say you won't start here, you won't play a snap your first year, you won't start till the end of your second year. And then you'll start your third year, but you can go first round. You know, no other coaches can really say that shit. A few at Georgia, a few at Bama, uh, Lincoln Riley with QBs, uh, Sark with QBs. You could, I, I think that's a good argument. Um, but no one has really done it consistent enough at that point. And I feel like yeah. Texas is starting to get to that point um, that the, the this Texas staff built up kind of, or was a part of building up at Alabama. Um, I think I, I think we could see our first iteration of that uh, next year with Cam Williams at right tackle. I think Cam Williams yeah. could go very high after starting one singular year. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something that it can be a recruiting tool, you know, because nobody wants to wait. But again, like we talked about earlier this week, if you got freshmen playing, that means one, they're either all world freshmen or your team sucks and you have to play the, the freshmen. Yeah. Um, so... Texas is in a position for the first time, I feel like, in a really long time where they don't have to play a star big name freshman. They just don't they don't need True. to. True. Um I think you, you could probably say that in the in the twenty twenty two season, but I mean Kelvin Banks played a lot and was the best lineman that year. Um and you know, Cole Hudson was also getting in there as well. But I mean, last th- this season, is there a, a true freshman? who started consistently it was like we need him to play amazing for texas to win that game no no um like the only one maybe that's argument is anthony hill but even at hill even at hill was it was more of a specialized role that he's so good at this that we need to get him on the field um I think maybe for depth purposes, Derek Williams was kind of that guy just because, you know, you had some just inconsistent play in front of him at safety. Uh, but it's, but yeah. to your point, it's not like you needed him. It's not like, hey, you need to come in and Derek Williams 2023. We need you to be Caden Stearns 2018 for, for us to hit our ceiling as a team is basically what you're yeah. saying. That that wasn't that wasn't the case. It ended up yeah. being like you, you had depth in front of him and it just being, hey, the more we play, we've seen this trajectory, whether it was Jonathan Brooks or Jade Barron or Byron Murphy, Derek Williams is kind of on one of those trajectories. It's like, man, you know, kind of the more he plays, the better he gets. And what's he going to look like when over the course of a full season, he's starting 12 games and logs 500 snaps? Like how much better is he going to be by the end of those 500 snaps? 
Uh, you could say CJ Baxter, but that was so late in the year that, you know, dude, by, by the time you're, you're really needed in game 10, game 11, okay, you're, you're probably ready to go at that point. You're probably ready to rock and roll. But it wasn't like, even though he was the starter, it wasn't like, okay, we need you to, CJ Baxter, you need to, you need to have the kind of freshman year that like, Cedric Benson had in 2001, or we need you to be like what Keontae Ingram was in 2018, where you just got to come yeah. in and be, you know, uh, a, a seven, 800 yard rusher right off the bat. No, like he, you know, he even had the injury. Now you had Jonathan Brooks there. So it's, it's the fact that Texas now, Jordan, something to your point, something they haven't had in a long time is talented depth at multiple positions where that backup is good enough to play. That backup is good enough to start. It, Dude just can't get on the field because of the guy in front of him. Like Cam Williams could have started this year, but yeah, you know, a lot Christian, of schools are trying to get him because he yeah. could have started this year. Yeah, but Christian Jones, Christian Jones is in. You know, he's on the nine-year plan, whatever. But I love Christian Jones. But yeah, I mean, you got uh, you know, uh, a guy that had started. I forget what the number was. But he had started. I think it was like 30, 35 straight games. He had started before the injury. So you got a guy that's just hellaciously experienced. Um, by the way, real quick, I want to mention this to you. I want to give you time to give him his flowers. Uh, Jade Barron accepted his invite to the Senior Bowl. That's a really big deal for him to get to go to the Senior Bowl. And I'm, I'm interested to see because he was predominantly a corner at Texas. I got a feeling he's going to be a safety conversion probably in the NFL. And to kind of be – maybe he goes down to Mobile and gets some snaps at, at safety – and is able to show the scouts what he can do. I'm I'm pretty excited for for what he can do in that pre-draft process. Yeah. Um I mean I could probably actually like figure out um at least by tomorrow's show what he's hoping to to line up at at the senior bowl. I have a pretty good decent source for him. Um yeah man it's been awesome with Jade. Like every I like <laughs> it's blasphemous Baron was in first team. That is a great nickname that you just came up with on action. Blasphemous Baron. But, um, no, man, it's been awesome with Jada just because, yeah. you know, me being from Austin, um, man, outside of outside of Sam Ellinger, Hudson Card, like, you know, how many local guys are, are coming to Texas and and one or are, are, are wanting out of high school to go to Texas. And I, and I also left out like Bosick, Burke, Robertson, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like we all remember for a long time, they struggled to recruit the Austin area. Garrett Wilson's a prime example of this. And one day we'll, we'll, we could spend a whole show talking about Garrett Wilson because I was in high school with him. Um, and, and there's some funny stuff about his recruitment. But it's it's very refreshing to see the success that Jade has had and kind of the ambassador to the to the city um and of the program that he is for them. Um and Juice seven on seven, uh program I work with, he played with Juice coming out. And you know, all those kids look up to him. All of them do. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's kids in the program that are five stars, four stars, ranked way higher than Jade was, but you know, they'll listen to Jade when he talks and he, he's a mentor to them. So, like, what he's done at Texas is something that I feel like will never really kind of be forgotten um, in the city. And just, it, it leaves a stain, but for the good. Um, leaves a mark, a positive, positive mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, much better worded. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he's successful in the NFL. I really think he will. I did notice in the Tech game, um, 
once they're kind of going like more running personnel, uh, they had him just come down and play corner. He wasn't playing nickel. There really wasn't a slot on the field, but I mean, he was down at the boundary. Uh, I think part of that also might have been because Ryan Watts got hurt like the first play. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he he can he, he he can play anything. Sorry, I started laughing at the <laughs> skid mark. Um, but but he he can play anything, <laughs> and I, I feel like the the market for corners in the NFL is pretty strange because like I'm a big uh, 49ers fan, like I was saying. Um, we we had a corner named Kawan Williams. It was really good. He was a nickel, and they just didn't want to pay him. But he got like the I think it was, at the time was like the best salary for any strictly nickel cornerback mm-hmm. in the NFL, and he signed with the Broncos. But it, it's an interesting market. I think uh, I'm honestly curious if safeties or corners make more. I assume it's one, and they're not making the same like the supermax deals. Um, but I mean, Jade can play anything, and I think he'll be successful no matter what he wants to do. Um, it's corners. It's, cor- it's, it's corners. The the allure, the allure of the and the idea of the shutdown corner is something that I think NFL GMs and head coaches are. You know, you're kind of you're kind of chasing that high, so to say. If you think you've got one, you feel like you've got to lock them up. Even though, man, the safety position is so it's it's much harder to play now than it's ever been. The skill set has to be so much more diverse than it's ever been. And it is routinely insanely undervalued by the NFL on draft weekend. So today is going to go to, you know, he'll, he'll be able to make an impact. He'll be a team's guy early on for somebody too. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll be one of those guys that's probably second, third round pick, probably a day two pick. And, um, you know, kind of like, okay, we got this defensive back out of Texas because his numbers aren't going to be that great because he wasn't, you know, a coverage guy. Nobody threw at him a ton, so the interceptions and stuff aren't going to be very high. So, Jen Poplitch, you're like, "Eh, who's this guy from Texas? Didn't really produce a whole lot, but he'll be a guy that three, four years down the road is like, man, we got to lock that guy up. We got to be able to bring that guy back. That's what a fan base will be seeing about today, Baron. Yeah, other Uh, stuff I want to hit on. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good, Jordan. Go for it. Tomorrow, we'll be be heavy Big 12 championship game tomorrow, by the way. Word, word, okay. Um, I want to hit on with Jade. He uh, he has not been 100 percent healthy like since the OU game. Um, yeah. we've gotten we would get nothing out of reporter that reporting that, so we haven't. But talking to a source, like there are people around him that wanted him to sit out so he could be fully healthy for the draft and not risk it. But the reason Jade kept playing is because the season Texas is having, but. What I was told, most important thing, he wanted the Jim Thorpe so bad. Um, and he didn't even finish as a finalist because, I mean, he, he hasn't been himself. He's still damn good, if not one of, if not the best player on the field, I feel like, watching him play the last few weeks. But you, you, if you really watch him, you can tell he's not 100% what he used to be. Um, so I think that's more props we got to give him, you know, fighting through it. A lot of guys nowadays would have sat out, um, protected themselves from injury, and, you know, secured the bag through the draft. But you know, he cares, and, I mean, it shows. He's also, like, for so long under Tom Herman and even Charlie Strong and the early parts of Sark, like, there was no one at Texas that had swag at all. Like, Jade sets the tone. <laughs> like, he plays loose. Like, he's swaggy, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like he was a huge part of, I mean, I, I don't feel like I know he was, a huge part of changing the, the culture at Texas, but specifically on-field and, 
and just how everyone plays a lot looser and more cohesive than they used to. I feel like uh, like we can attribute so much of that to Jade. So. Yeah. Speaking of Jade, going back to your point earlier about Austin era kids, and I'm not talking about Lake Travis and Westlake, right? No offense yeah. to your your neck of the woods, Jordan. But yeah, no, no, J- completely. Jade, Jade went to Conley, right? It's not uh, anybody that's from that part of Austin. It's not you know, it's not gated communities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a different part of Austin. Uh, that's what's been so cool to me to see like the LBJ kids succeed. Yeah. Uh, you know, Del, Del Valley has kids, even though Del Valley's got, you know, better facilities and a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of FBS programs. Um, when Del Valley's had a couple of kids come through there that are good enough. You know, even some of the round, like, like uh, you know, Braylon James at Stony Point. You know, Stony Point's one of those schools that, uh, you know. Cam Cook. Yeah, it kind of warms my heart to see, yeah, okay, the Round Rock ISD, but like Stony Point kids or Austin ISD kids getting a chance to play big time college football. That's those are the kind of kids that, uh, you know, for Texas, it might do you some good to if you can convince a couple of those kids every few years to come that are good enough to play for you. To your point about today, guys that play with a little bit of edge, you know, because they grew up dealing with some stuff, some of them, like guys that can bring that natural edge with them, that natural chip mm-hmm. on the shoulder. I, I, I dig that about taking some of those guys. Yeah. Uh, I was just laughing whenever you first started talking about Connolly, just because uh, Caleb Burton's dad is actually the current head coach at Connolly. Um, this past season was his first season there. Uh, Manor also turns out some nice athletes. They do. Uh, just their mm-hmm. coaching is ridiculous. That's why they never really go far. Um, but yeah, they they have a freak like every single year. They have a running back right now. I, so the first Texas high school football game I went to this season was Manor versus LBJ at uh, Nelson on the east side, and there's this running back for Manor who's like 6'2 and is built like a shit brick house. Just like <laughs> scary, menacing. He ran all over LBJ. Had like 280 yards on like 20 carries, four touchdowns. After the game, I asked the head coach, I'm like, where the hell is this kid been? And he's like, well, we had Quinn Joyner last year. For those of you who don't know, Quinn Joyner's a USC. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's right. So like, where was he? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we don't want him in – Quentin to be a one-two punch, so we just had him play linebacker. Like what? <laughs> the 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 other kids too, like Prince Will, uh, or Prince Louis and Prince Will, uh, Yuman Mielin, I think I said it right. One's at Florida, one's at Nebraska. Both kind of uh, head cases. Well, no, well, well, the one at Florida is the one in Nebraska. Prince I interacted Lee. with him a lot. Prince yeah. Lee's at Florida. Prince Wills. Prince Wills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard like some horror stories about uh, Princely from when Nick Harris was covering recruiting for Texas during that time. But uh, Prince Will was always awesome with me, and I never really understood why he wasn't getting more stuff. I think his older brother kind of hurt him in that space. But yeah. Prince Will will play in the NFL. Tosh Brooks is going to play in the NFL. Um, you know, the Maynard, the, kid, the, the Maynard kid who's not going to play in the NFL, Eric Fowler is not going to play in the NFL. Uh, that was the last Maynard kid I covered. Tyler Guyton, man. Tyler Guyton is going to be a first or second round pick from OU. People don't even know this, but he went to Maynard because yeah. people probably haven't put that together because he was at TCU originally. Was his uh, brother? Did his Oregon. brother? Was his brother the big receiver that uh, signed with Oregon State? Was it DeAndre Guyton? Yeah, I, I'm not completely that sure. That is brother, cousin. Okay. 
Because I know he signed with Oregon State, Texas, middle later on. As we, as we welcome Trey and BK for their show. Gentlemen, how are y'all? Doing good. How are you guys today? Good. Sharing stories about uh, prospects in the greater Austin area. Jordan has promised us the, uh, the oral history of the Garrett Wilson recruitment at some point here on It's Only an Hour. So, And it might take the full hour. At what point does uh, Drew Maringer come in shitting on the uh, receivers currently on the Texas roster to Garrett and his dad? Well, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna do a full breakdown because you know I'm, I'm not trying to expose Texas fully, but I was like, for example, his junior year uh, during the season, he came back from an Ohio State visit, and we knew it, the recruitment was over there because he had a tattoo of the Columbus skyline on his back. Jesus, they, you can't see because it was it wasn't huge; like, it was kind of small. But like you couldn't see it unless uh, his shirt was off or whatever. You were in the locker room with him, or whatever. So no one really knew. But like, and also from the get go, his dad absolutely hated Tom Herman because Tom Herman was a jackass in their recruitment. Like, no, y'all y'all probably know how it went down. Couldn't believe, um, could, no way, I'd believe that. But from from the jump, he was going to Ohio State. But they did give Texas every single shot to. To, to make things right and they just kept digging themselves a deeper hole well uh that's that's interesting thank you for sharing that but based on the rule of tattoos at some point garrett wilson and uh, ohio state are gonna have to break up now because he got ohio state or columbus i guess uh tattooed somewhere on his person yeah and if, he's, right. if he's jewish he's also going to be in the uh, the desecrant part of the cemetery <laughs> jewish cemetery as being bk and i talk about from time to time so yeah he is not I can I can confirm firsthand he is not Jewish. Wow, BK, right. that's a very, big limb you're going out on there, but uh, I guess I'll trust you, Jordan. <laughs> BK, you went to you went to Richardson Pierce, right? I did. Trey, Trey, you're oh. a Richardson ISD guy, aren't you? I am a uh, Carrollton Farmers Branch guy. I went to Newman Smith High School, which oh. I think still has one of the worst football programs in the history of the state. So, B, so BK, what are, what are the chances of like a Richardson skyline if like you got a tattoo of like the intersection of like the interchange of like seventy five and six thirty five tattooed on your back? You're asking what the chances are of that happening? Yeah. <laughs> Negative. Trey, I I smell I smell the next bet payoff. <laughs> Ooh, what what be, thing I want to hit on? Yeah, the corner of Beltline and Arapahoe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but hey, BK Parker Livingstone, yeah. who's uh, committed to Texas in the 2024 wide receiver class, he's at Lovejoy. Huh. But his first year of high school, he was at JJ Pierce. Um, and he, he bailed. A lot of people know that. Well, Lovejoy. Okay, I'm about to. I hope this never gets capped anywhere. Uh, he, he, but he, y'all know how Alito. He, he found his way to. Uh, yeah, to he Love found Joy. his way to. Y'all know how Alito works. Yeah. A lo Lovejoy is the same thing, except it's on the opposite side of the Metroplex. Um, How does Alito work? I don't know that. Al Alito works from the standpoint that, like, uh, Jonathan Gray should have gone to North Crowley. Oh. Yeah. And, like, they've made a killing off getting kids that are supposed to be at North Crowley, Crowley, uh, Fort Worth South Hills, Southwest Hills. Like, B.J. Allen was supposed to be at Fort Worth South Hill, Southwest Hills. Um, but... Yeah, they, they made a killing. Like Peyton Pierce, Lovejoy star linebacker, is like the youngest of five brothers, and all four of them played Allen except for him, who he played Allen his freshman year. Hmm. So. Sounds like the Grand Prairie High School baseball program back in the mid-1990s with uh, <laughs> Kerry Wood, yeah. Kevin Walker, and uh, some other big-time prospects. 
It's it's such a shame that I have to hate Parker Livingstone now. Mm. Well, I mean, he probably yeah, he, he might yeah, not be committed to Texas. He stay at Pierce. Who's throwing him the ball over there? Hey, BK, uh, I do know they, got... they have a tight end named Julian Roberts that has a couple offers. That's a senior, might be committed somewhere. Not sure. There we go. BK, at least you've got Drew Timmy. At least we got Drew Timmy, and we've got Corey Coleman. Great NFL wide yes. receiver. Uh, two guys, Texas boxed their recruitments, but that's those are stories for another day. And Bob Ballou, too. Let's not forget. And Bob Ballou. Bob Ballou's yep. on the Mount Rushmore. It's BK, Bob Ballou, Drew Timmy, and Corey Coleman. Yeah, we, we really botched Ballou's recruitment at Texas, too. We we effed that one up, letting him well, go but, to Mizzou. Well, Bob's a Mizzou guy, so somebody botched something somewhere along the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, boys, we're going to get out of here. Have a great show. We'll be back tomorrow. Full-on Big 12 Championship game preview tomorrow, and uh, or maybe we'll talk some more portal. I don't know. We'll figure it out. See you guys. Appreciate it. Oh, guys. See you.